us for doing these things. Undoubtedly, this is the temple authorities. These guys came out and they're like, why are you trashing our house? <laughs> I mean, the temple. Um, what authority do you have? Now, watch this. Um, the mindset here is what matters. They ask him, what authority do you have? Not, is what you're doing right? Jesus is saying, the temple is desecrated. You guys ain't worshiping right. Take God seriously. And they say, well, who are you to say that we're doing it wrong? Does that sound familiar? Anybody ever catch your kids doing the wrong thing? Like, well, I bet you were bad when you were a kid. I was walking with Abby, and she ran ahead of me and, like, almost ran into the street. And I yelled at her. I'm like, get back here. You have to hold my hand now. You're not listening. She turned around and said, you're the one who's not listening. That's what these guys are doing, right? Like, the, the Lord himself shows up in the temple, and he trashes the place, and their response is, well, where do you get off? Right? They don't know what's going on. Their mindset is wrong. They're sideways. They don't care that they're worshiping wrong. They're saying, we're in charge. You have no right to do this. The other thing is they think he probably is a prophet. Like they have a high opinion of him because they don't just have him arrested. Right? Which they could. They had their own police force. They ask him, who are you? Why are you doing this? Um, They say, and we go on, do you have a sign? Can you show us a miracle? Now, Jesus is funny. Anytime anybody demanded a miracle, he said, nope. The only miracle I'll give you is the scriptures. You can look back and read the Old Testament and understand who God is. That's your sign. Whenever they were calling him out and they're like, you don't read the Old Testament right, he'd perform a miracle. <laughs> He's very funny that way. And in this case, they're like, hey, give us a sign if you're going to act like a prophet. If God did tricks, right? Like I have a dog. I love my dog. One of the things he does is I do this. What does he do? Lays down. Right? Does it every time I do it. He doesn't jump. You pay more attention to my dog. <laughs> I do. I snap my fingers at God. If he lays down, is he much of a God? They demand signs of Jesus over and over again. If Jesus had jumped through hoops for them, he would basically become the God they thought they were worshiping, the God who would put up with their nonsense. He just didn't do signs for folks. Jesus is awesome that way. You've got to love him. Um, so they... They demand this sign. He says, listen, the only sign I'm going to give you is the Old Testament. Now, he's giving us a couple of things here. First off, he's telling us, like, you read the Old Testament, you read the prophets. And one of the things the prophets did was they would, like, do these crazy outlandish acts as a way of demonstrating the truth. So, like, there's a story in Jeremiah, yeah, Jeremiah, where he goes into the marketplace and he buys a giant vase, really expensive, like hundreds and hundreds of dollars, and he walks into the middle of the crowd and he smashes it on the ground and everybody stops. What are you doing? And he says, hey, this vase is just like Israel and God's going to smash all of you if you don't stop, like, doing these bad things you're doing. (laughs) Okay. It's called a sign act. Jesus is doing a sign act. Like, he wrecks the place and he says, God is going to refine you and he's going to change worship which is what we get in Malachi, right? He's going to refine you. He's going to cleanse you. He's going to make you pure. And you're going to suddenly worship in a way that makes sense, a way that matters. God's children will worship in a way that's pleasing to him. What does that even mean? Um, Then Jesus answered them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. Now this is a big thing. This is a giant building. It had taken years and years to build. And they assume he's saying, destroy this building and I'll fix it. What he's actually saying is, destroy this temple. You people will kill me and I'll be raised again in three days. Now, a few weeks ago we talked about um, 
where the the Jacob in the ladder in heaven, and we talked about this idea of the house of God and how it was fulfilled in Jesus, and how Jesus is the house of God. Jesus is the point where heaven and earth meet, right? And so Jesus says, I am the temple now. So I'm the place where you meet God. I am the place where you worship God. I am the place where sacrifices happen, which is why he's consumed by zeal for the temple, because he's killed. He is the temple, like he's killed for like our sins. He takes sins on himself. Like it's this whole connection. John is building like this very complex idea into this into this text. He says, Hey, destroy this temple, which is me. And he's basically saying, This whole temple, all of your worship, everything you people have done, it was all about me all along. You sacrificing animals is just about worshiping me. Inviting the Gentiles to worship in your temple, it's about inviting folks who don't know me to me to worship me. Like the whole system is all about me. And as we approach Easter, as we do all of this stuff to build up to it, it's important to understand this. This is like one of these big concepts behind Easter. Everything God has ever done with the world, trying to bring people back to him, it was never so that we could like, learn how to behave good enough to be acceptable to him, right? It was never so that we could look nice enough to be like, okay, in God's sight. It was so that we could encounter God through Jesus' blood for us, through Jesus dying for us. And all we ever have to do is like come under that blood. I can't earn that. I'm not good enough. You don't have to. It's a gift. But, you know, you don't know what I've done. I talked to a gal once who was in drug treatment, and she had been a prostitute for years and a bunch of other stuff, and we were talking about Jesus, and she said, no, God can never be right. I can never be right for God. You don't know the things I've done. It's like, nope. It doesn't matter because God can make you right. It doesn't matter because in Jesus, all of that stuff gets washed away. It's the reset button. You begin anew. Like, God will start brand new in you. And so what Jesus is telling him, he says, listen, I am that temple. And when you destroy this temple, I'll come back in three days. Um, at Jesus' trial, by the way, they testify that he said this. They all disagreed with each other in their testimony, probably because it's three years later. Um, the other thing that Jesus says here, by the way, um, they respond, it's taken us 46 years to build this temple. How will you raise it again in three days? Um, for the Jewish people, um, and for the Romans, actually, for the Romans, if you lived in Rome and you desecrated a temple, you would be executed for it. Their attitude was, we don't know which God is real. So we're just going to hedge our bets, and if you damage any of their temples, we'll kill you. And that way all the gods will be cool with us. Um, and so that's the, the charge they bring up. And this is the only spot where we have Jesus saying that, even though the other gospels actually account for this being testified to in his, in his trial. But that's neither here nor there, so we'll jump along. Um, but he was speaking about the temple of his body. When, therefore, he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scriptures and the word that Jesus had spoken. Um, so John closes up with this. He says, listen, um, Jesus predicts his death. He tells us that he is the temple, right? Um, what does that have to do with us? What do we do with that? Um, a couple things. Um, first off, it's important to recognize, like, if the temple all pointed to Jesus, when we worship Jesus, we're worshiping Jesus like as the temple of God. Like, Jesus is as important as it gets. Um, we love our building. The building is not the temple. Right? I love the Word of God. I got Bibles all over the place. Right? But it's the words within. It's the Holy Spirit in the words. It's sacred. Right? Books aren't sacred. Um, they are in their own way, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, when we worship God, we're worshiping Jesus. That's what matters. That's what matters at the foundation of it all. That's what's most important. We worship Jesus. Beyond that, 
um, when we begin to follow Jesus and we stand together as believers, we become the body of Christ, which means to a degree we carry the temple with us everywhere we go. Isn't it true? So like when I go home and I carry myself in a way that is inappropriate, right, like that's offensive to God, then I'm desecrating like the church. Um, I'm desecrating the body of Christ. Um, when I'm worshiping God, I'm not just worshiping by singing the right songs. Jess teases me about that to no end. It's the reason she doesn't sit by me in church is because my singing is exceptionally bad. Sound right? I have no rhythm. I make up words. I <laughs> it, is, it is bad. Um, but it doesn't matter that I'm singing bad. It matters that my heart is in God's presence, right? matters that I'm worshiping. Um, if we do badly, it, what matters is that we worship. We worship with our heart, with our soul, with our mind. So when I think angry thoughts about my neighbor, I've got to back up and try and change my heart into a way that it reflects who Jesus is. By the way, one of the ways that we do that, there are lots of ways. One of the ways that we do that is by, like, memorizing. i got a scripture verse on a piece of paper in the back. It's one of my current things. I want to encourage people to, like, take the time to meditate and read and pray about and memorize Bible verses. Because when you do that, you're bringing it into you and you're changing you, right? You know, if I get pills from the doctor and I don't swallow them, they don't ever become a part of me, right? You know, I got a, hey, I got my bottle of pills right here. It's fixing me. Nope, not unless you consume it. Um, We consume God's word to change ourselves. Uh, Romans, there's a great line in Romans where he talks about sacrifices. It's Romans 12.1, I think. Um, Therefore, offer yourselves as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. So we live our lives. We live our lives as a sacrifice to God. I love my kids and I give up my naps because that's how I'm sacrificing to God, right? I take the time sometimes in the morning to pray and thank God for the beautiful day. I'm worshiping God then. I'm offering my life. I get to surfing the internet and I encounter those ads. You know those ads, right? They only come up on my computer. (laughs) And I pass right by them because, like, at the end of the day, my heart, soul, mind, and body are belong to Jesus. How I live my life is that living sacrifice. I help folks. I serve folks. I do these things. And I don't always do it. I mean, we do those things. This is worship as much as anything else because Jesus is the temple. Because Jesus' death for us is, like, like what makes it all different. We don't have to go to Israel to worship God. We worship God every day. You worship God when you get up in the morning. You worship God, but you got to do it. Because if I show up here and don't worship God, I'm not worshiping God, right? I get up in the morning, I don't worship him. I'm not worshiping him. We are going to close in prayer. It's very hot in here, guys. I'm sorry. I don't know what is going on with our thermostat, but I'm pretty sure it's Jimmy's fault. <laughs> um <laughs> We will close in prayer, and I'll let y'all go. Um, Heavenly Father, I uh, I pray that you be with us this week. Help us to go out of here and, and remember, like that that you have aligned all of history to to come to the cross, to come to um, the grave, and to come to Easter morning. That you've you've we planned all of history to to redeem us from our sins and to draw us close to you. And I pray, Lord God, that you would help us worship you in everything that we are. I pray that you would help us to touch the lives of those we encounter and help them to know Jesus just by just by spending time with us. Help us to worship you in our appreciation and thanks for the gifts you give us. Help us to worship in in our love for our families and children, like that we would just try and reflect your son and the the amazing love he demonstrates for us. Help us to just 
help us to fill ourselves with the scriptures and know you better so we know what it means to even serve you. I pray, Lord, that we know that we're doing this as worship, um, not to earn you, um, not to earn the, the forgiveness or the love or the grace. Lord, help us to just be new people um, through your spirit and through your son's death for us. In Jesus' name, amen. You all have a happy Singles Awareness Day.